Welcome back, listeners. It's Adrian here from Arcade Attack, and we've got another great guest on today's show. We've got Joe Tresca. Um, as you know, Joe, we've we've had we're, we're huge Mortal Kombat fans. We've had John Tobias in the past. Uh, we, we've covered a lot of the games, and we've got you know a really interesting uh, few things to talk about today. So, Joe, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. This is uh, super exciting. I, I can't wait to get get into it. Ah, oh, me too. Um, well, we're going to talk about a project you're working on. You know, people can see the description already, but it's an exciting project which I really hope you know really does go to fruition. But before we talk about Mortal Kombat trilogy, the, the remake you're working on, but are you happy to sort of fill, fill in our listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself and your sort of history in gaming and maybe what you've done in the past and kind of where you've got to now? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Uh, I'm Joe Tresca. I'm the CEO of iBallistic Studio, um, Game Studio. Um, what makes iBallistic really unique is that we're a game studio founded on the passion of Mortal Kombat fans. Mm. So uh, I want to say, I'll, I'll take you way back to when the company was really, I think, truly formed um, back in 2011. Uh, I worked in advertising for a number of years Um at this point over 20 years, uh, but at the time it was like 17 or so. And um, um, the, I was working at, at an ad, particular ad agency and um, they, I was doing cosmetic work for, I, I had started out my career sort of um, doing cosmetics work for uh, Estee Lauder. I worked for Aaron Lauder oh. directly. And uh, there was this one particular uh, ad agency that was pitching for work uh, at Avon. Um, and so Avon's a huge cosmetics uh, company. And so uh, they threw a bunch of money at me and it was kind of my dream job. I was like, okay, this is, this is, this is great. And wow. it was a, 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 and also a, a promotion for me because in the way it works in, in advertising, mm. you have sort of like executive creative directors, like the top of the ladder. And I was a associate creative director. So it would go like wow. associate creative director, creative director, and then group creative director, and then eventually executive creative director, if you were going to climb that ladder. And so I was really happy to have the opportunity to uh, have a team of people that were going to report to me. And um, they, like I said, they threw a bunch of money at me. Remember my wife and I were, we celebrated, we went to Vegas and celebrated. This was like such a big deal. Nice. And uh, within 30 days um, of me being there, I had this meeting that uh, with Avon that I had to prepare for. So um, it was a really big, big meeting. Um, I remember uh, practicing in the bathroom mirror a bunch of times to make sure I didn't mess it up because at this time, you know, I was the guy behind the guy when it came to uh, presenting and, and doing right. these kinds of pitch meetings. Um, I was there pre presenting facts, presenting graphs, presenting reasons why somebody should take our agency versus another agency. Um, but I was never the guy who was actually running those meetings. So this was really exciting and I just didn't want to mess it up. And so we get to the day of the actual meeting and, you know, I go through the entire thing. I'm talking to the Avon executives um, presenting our idea and they are just, they love it. They rousing applause. I'm like, I've got these guys in the palm of my hands. We got this. And, um, you know, it felt like a little while before uh, they came out and they kind of gave me their decision because they, they wanted to talk it amongst themselves. It's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty normal stuff. And, uh, and then they came out and they said, Joe, congratulations on an incredible pitch. But unfortunately, after hearing it, we've decided to go with another agency. No. So, all right. So that's, you know, it takes takes the air out of the room a little bit. I said, all right, well, we'll get them next time. No big deal. You're going to lose a lot more pitches than you're going to win in advertising mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I got a phone call almost immediately. One of the one of the guys on my team must have called and, and kind of let let the big boss know uh, the my my boss, Frank, um, who's the executive creative director. And he basically said, you know, come on over to the to the back to the studio and let's talk about it. So I head back over there. And the first thing he says uh, is, hey, Joe, follow me into my office and shut the door. And wow. uh, within 30 days of what I thought was my dream job, I was fired. So, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this made me rethink sort of everything that I wow. wanted in life. Right. What, what, what do I want to be a part of advertising where you, you lose your job so frequently um, even if you do really well, you're only as good as your last your last mm -hmm. uh, client that you've pulled in or the last job that you've worked. So um, I pretty much decided then and there that I probably wasn't going to ever work in advertising again. Um, and I might. So just as backstory, my wife mm -hmm. was pregnant with my son, uh, my son, Justin, who's nine years old now. And um, and my uh, my. 
uh, we had just bought a house. So I was like, I had oh, no house nice. to pay the mortgage. And, you know, there was, it was yeah. like, there couldn't have, there's never a good time to lose your job, but this was, you know, okay. yeah, terrible. And uh, yeah, so I, I was, I think I, re- you know, for some people, uh, you know, they go to the, the theater, they go, they, they read books, whatever they, that's their way to escape sort of their reality. Well, like yeah. well. And for me, it's just games. And I've been a Mortal Kombat fan since, you know, since I guess when it came out, um, I was, you know, and I can get into how, what Mortal Kombat means to me, but, but yeah. at, at this point in time, the way the company was formed was basically, um, I happened to find, it happened to be that on the right, train ride home after having been fired, Mm-hmm. Um, that I saw that they also were canceling the HD Mortal Kombat collection or whatever it was called. Um, that was supposed to be, you know, they actually had some screenshots of the game that were out there. I mean, it was, I think they started it in 2010, but it was by 2011 wow. where they officially canceled it and it happened to be on this day that they canceled it. So I just couldn't hear any more bad news. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, on my phone, like Googling, um, Mortal Kombat HD, whatever. And I somehow stumbled because I didn't want to believe it. I was like, I can't believe that this yeah. is happening on this day. Um, so I I remember stumbling upon a place called TRMK.org, the realm of Mortal Kombat. And there were a bunch of Mortal Kombat fans who had heard the news, same as me. And they started this, this thread about Mortal Kombat HD Remix. And, you know, I had worked in advertising, so I've mm. done things like commercials. And I understand sort of what it takes to put a production together. Um, not necessarily movies. I've never done anything with movies, but a lot of commercials. Um, so I know that there's a lot of expense involved in that. You've got to get actors, you've got to get, you know, costume, you know, wardrobe, they call it wardrobe. Um, you've got to have craft services. That's the food to feed people for the 14 hours that they're going to be there. You have to have a director of photography. If you have to have somebody that handles the, you know, there has to be a director, somebody who's telling the actors what to do, how to act and where to go. Um, and so these guys are all saying like, oh, I know somebody who looks like Johnny Cage and we could do this ourselves. And basically, the, the, oh. the what they were saying was, if they're not going to do it, we should do it ourselves as fans. Why is it that Mortal um, that Street Fighter in 2008 got their HD remix? And, mm. you know, here we are, you know, three years later and we we are left without any kind of a HD version of this game that we all mm. love so much. And um, that was when I saw Gabe Melendez's work. Um, he goes by the tag Bleed. And he he right. had been working on this amazing model of 3D model, fully 3D, not a real person. But when I tell you when he showed this animation of Scorpion uh, from UMK3, um, just in like the pose, you know, like that we all know, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that. The, if the internet could gasp at the same time, <laughs> it did. You know what I mean? It was it was so good that people were like, how did you do oh, that? Yeah. Like, how did you get, did you get somebody that looks like mm. the actor and like get him in, like it looked that good. It was, it looked, you know, now of course by today's standards, you see that graphics, you can tell it's 3D um, and we could yes. do way better. On it. And and some of the stuff that you, you've seen, if you've been following the, yeah, the yeah. HD stuff, that we're doing is really that old. It's, it's like over a decade old. So um, it's just because we haven't been able to put time into re revamping the characters, but today we could make it, you know, again, photorealistic where nobody would be able to tell that wasn't real actors. But back then this was so mind blowing. And I knew right then and there um, that if it was just Gabe and I, we could do it because my, I have a background in art. I'm a classically trained um, uh, artist. So I went to school. It just, you know, it's no big deal. It just means that you've, you, I went to school to draw, paint, sculpt, and mm-hmm. be an art, a true artiste, right? Like, they were like, um, and, yeah. and I, I, I quickly sold my soul to advertising. So that tells you how far that, that career went. But, um, you know, because yeah. uh, you can't make money, as it turns out, unless you're dead um, as a, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you don't really need the money at that point. So um, I, I decided that I was going to get into advertising very early on because I wanted to utilize those skills. And one of the things yeah. that I, got really heavy into was um, 3D art. I was really into like Pixar movies and all the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the things you could do with 3D. I thought it was really cool. I was not um, at the level of being able to do characters or like really organic um, shapes at that time, but I felt pretty good about lighting and being able to reproduce the environments for Mortal Kombat. I knew that we wouldn't have to like film real 
objects like they did in the original Mortal Kombat. We could reproduce those in 3D and they'd probably be photorealistic. So I knew between Gabe doing the characters and myself doing just the background art, really all we would need is somebody to do music and somebody to put it all together, a programmer. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that other guys from the community kind of stepped up. um, And, you know, it's just an amazing Mortal Kombat fans are really incredible yeah, uh, yeah, in, in general, the amount of talent that they have. And, you know, we had a guy, Justin Slaughter, he's on the team now at iBallistic. Um, and at one point he played, he's like, Hey, I, I'd love to do the soundtrack on this. I'm, I've been playing around remixing the sounds and everything. And he has an entire um, Pro Tools nice. studio at home. And, uh, and he does, as it turns out, he does indie uh, game, I'm sorry, indie movie um, soundtracks. So, you know, Probably nothing that we necessarily know, but the, he he handles mm. indie movies, and so he he um, he did some uh, tracks that he did from. I think the first one that I heard was Goro's Lair, and in this oh, okay. one part of Goro's Lair, there's this guitar like solo part. And I remember saying to him, I said, like, where'd you get the guitar, man? That's like so cool. Like, did you mix that in? Is that like electronic? He's like, no, man, I play. Oh, and wow, like, I'm cool. like, are you fucking kidding me with this guy? Like this guy, how did we get this talent? You know what I mean? Like, how did we manage yeah. that? And, and um, you know, and that was just the beginning. Uh, people were coming out from everywhere saying like, how can I help? How can I help? I want to be a part of this. And at one point, Tobias actually acknowledged us on Twitter. He was That's one cool. of the first ones to like publicly acknowledge it which was both a good and a bad thing because okay. um, about a year and a year in, we had produced something in Mugen, which is sort of like a, a you know, a, um, a fighting game engine. That's not quite pro, but it allows you to quickly put things together. Um, lots of Mugen versions of Mortal Kombat are out there. If you're, if right. you know, your listeners are interested, but we, uh, it turned out Gabe knew that. And then there was another um, uh, Mugen guy named Interloco um, who, you know, that was his screen name. And he did uh, some amazing work with, he was really into it. He had actually reverse engineered somehow the uh, original Mortal Kombat and he knew where all the hit boxes and hurt boxes were. Yeah. So we were able to, we had sort of this inside knowledge that um, as a team, nobody else really had. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we ended up putting together a pretty decent version of it. And with the, the help of Justin Slaughter for the music and Gabe doing all the animations, we had like Scorpion, I think it was Scorpion and Sub-Zero um, fighting against each other. And I remember um, Gabe calls me, he, 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 we were at that point, we were video chatting and stuff like that. And uh, he messaged me, I think he might have messaged me and he was like, I'm out. And I'm like, what, what do you, what do you oh, mean no. you're out? Like, what's going on? He's like, oh, I just got a phone call from the head of Warner Brothers legal department, not, not like some subsidiary, the head. And, uh, and, and she, she was like, hi, Gabe. I, I, you know, I, I, I got your number. I hope you don't mind me calling you. I don't want to scare you, but you know, um, I represent, uh, you know, uh, Warner Brothers and we're the copyright holder of Mortal Kombat. I just want you got you to know that you can't make a game. So again, I love your work and I'm a big fan. And like, and he was like, it was almost worse that she was so nice about it. He always make, Gabe always makes me tell it that way because I, I when I used to tell the yeah. story, I used to be like, oh yeah, like Big Bad at WB came in and they kind of shut the door on it. Uh, they threatened us, but she was super nice. He, he wants me to make sure everybody knows that. Um, Killed with kindness. And, yeah, exactly. And he was like, he was like, he was telling me he was like, it was almost worse because she was so nice because that's when they end you, right? Like that's when they end your life. It's like, hard he to walk you back, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So I was like, I was like, oh man, like that's crazy. And so he was like, I'm completely out. I cannot, I cannot be sued, and you know, it, it's just not worth it for me. Mm-hmm. And so it set the project back considerably. So this is around 2012 now. At this point, end of 2012, and um it really just kind of pissed me off if we're being honest. So yeah, I, yeah. I knew that we at we had at the very least, we got their attention. Um, and I knew since Tobias had seen it and thought it was cool and posted, reposted it on Twitter mm-hmm. that um, it had caught his attention. And I was like, this is, we're making real traction here. We can't give up. And yes. that's when I got the idea. I had a, I had iBallistic as a company that did for freelance work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly in advertising. You know, if I, if I uh, came across a freelance client, it was established in 2005, but at this point, I was like, "No, iBallistic's a game studio." Right from this point on, this is what, and what we're going to do is we're going to make it so they can't think of us as fans. They're going to think of us as partners. We're going to actually have a game studio, and we're going to actually go through the 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 right 
channels, oh, oh, yeah. which of course I knew nothing about at this point. I was, I knew nothing about it. And, 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 uh, the only thing I had was my, my, uh, my cousin, Danny works in the film industry and he had worked on a few, uh, Warner brothers, uh, films. Yeah. And so he, um, he was like, no man, you've got like, you cannot give up. He was, <laughs> he was like, he was like really compelling me to, to push forward on it. Cause he was like, I can't tell you how many times like people say, no, you can't make this film. And like the director's like, fuck you. And then they get everybody together and they do it. And it becomes this massive thing. And so, um, you know, he's like, you got it. You cannot give up on this. He's like, you got their attention. You got to keep going. So, you know, shout out to my cousin, Danny Tresca for, uh, for helping me out with that. Um, giving me the, 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 the right at the right time, he sort of gave me the support I needed to realize that that this is what I should do. And so, um, I ended up getting into um, into that's really how the, the company started. Wow! And then and then we we ended up pitching um, the project. And so in 2015, we had a, a working version of it, and I went to E3. And so um, yeah. <laughs> that's a, a funny story about E3 is like you can't get in unless you're an industry insider. Yeah, yeah. And I, of course, was not. Um, so <laughs> I. You know, I can say this now, but I completely falsified like all the documents that you needed to get into E3 at all. Um, and uh, so I'm there like on the lam, like I'm not even supposed to be there. I know I'm not. Oh, and no. I, I walk up to the representative of Warner Brothers. And now, <laughs> given what we know that they already like sort of semi threatened us and said that like, yep. we can't do stuff. I, I walk over to the to the to the rep there. And this poor girl, I must. She must have felt like, oh, why me, right? Because I walk up to her and I, I I'm like, hey, um, I've got in this laptop a version <laughs> of Mortal Kombat in HD. Do you, um, do you want to see it? And I'm kind of whispering it. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. She's like, why are you whispering? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, no, no. I just, you know, I, I, I just don't know how these things are done. Like, yeah. kinda, is there a way that we can meet up and I can kind of show it to you? And she's like, um, yeah, let's let's meet up. You know, we made a date and a time. It wasn't going to be that day because it was the end of the show. So it was like the oh, next shit. day of the show. And um, she completely stands me up. Does not no, show what? up. She <laughs> took off. Maybe she like called security. I don't know what happened, but yeah, she yeah. did not show up at all. And um, and I ended up going home without anything to show for it. I had no connection. Oh, it didn't end up working. <laughs> so I was like, all right, back to the drawing board. We're going to uh, attract try to attract more talent to the game and like finish it out. Cause at that time it was playable, but there wasn't a lot of sound effects. Um, you know, it wasn't like as good as it could have been. Right. And so right around this time I go back to Gabe and I'm like, Gabe, I know it's been like, you know, a few years since we talked, but I would love to have you back on this. And he's like, well, wait a second. I'm not messing with this. And I'm like, look, we're a legitimate company now. So if anybody's going to get sued, it's going to be me. You and I will sign a contract that says I take all of the legal brunt of anything that happens. Um, You got to trust me here, man. And so he was like, you know what? I have no, let's do it. Let's do it. So he got back involved and that really pushed everything forward. And it was like summer 2016 where I ended up sending, uh, yeah, I guess that would be like the next E3, E3 2016. And now because I was in the last E3, I didn't have to prove my credentials to be in the the next one, which is great. So I was able to I was able to just tell them, um, you know, hey, I'm going to come to E3 this year. And because of that, it gave me access to this thing called Connected E3 or E3 Connect. I can't remember what it's called, but it, it allows you to it's like a sort of like a, uh, a, ma- a mailing service just to be able to connect to other companies. And one of those companies was Warner Brothers. Nice. So I, I messaged them through the Connected E3 platform. And um, to my surprise, it was like two days later. Uh, you know, I was like, hey, I have a version of Mortal Kombat in HD. Is this something you guys would be interested in, in hearing more about? Um, and Mick Pack, I always have to point this guy out. Awesome. He still works there at NetherRealm Studios. He's there. Um, he is there, uh, I guess, head of mobile. Or like back then, he was just like, he was a little bit lower down, but he's been promoted and promoted. So now I think he handles anything Mortal Kombat mobile at this wow. point. Um, and he was like, Joe this is so cool. Like, cause I had sent a bunch of screenshots to the platform and he's like, I want, uh, I, I'm not going to be at E3 this year. Nobody is for Warner brothers. So you don't, you know, have to try to meet us there. But, uh, my boss, Sean wants to talk to you. And I'm like, uh, Sean, Sean, who, like, who is it? I'm like, wait a second, Sean Hemmerich. 
like the head of NetherRealm Studio, Sean Hemmerich. <laughs> and so I'm like, holy shit, this is crazy. So now they, uh, they have me talking to um, like, I, all of a sudden now I get this email from Warner Brothers and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this going to be? And it's like, hey, I, I'm head of Warner Brothers licensing department. It looks like one of our executives would like to speak with you. And like you go through this whole background check thing <laughs> and like they want to make sure that like I'm not a fraud and that I, you know, that I yeah. appear to be who I am. We go through this whole background check that took like three weeks. And then finally I'm, it's like, okay, sign these documents. You have to sign like uh, several NDA kinds of things. Uh, wow. which are totally breaking now, but of course it's years later and those, those, those are, uh, have yeah. dissolved, but yeah, they, they basically, <laughs> yeah, they don't last too long, you know, <laughs> two years at most. And so, um, he, uh, you know, Sean's like, Hey man, uh, I'm so glad that we were getting to actually talk, uh, you know, this stuff looks really great and, uh, I fully support what you guys are doing. Um, you know, oh, l- let me know where you are. And he's like, and of course we're going to want Ed to look at this. And I'm like, so oh, Ed, wow. who Ed Boone? And he's like, yeah, of course Ed nice. Boone. And so I'm just like losing my shit at this point uh, because Ed Boone to me was, you know, and I, I've said this to him like on multiple occasions that I've talked to him, but uh, he's my George Lucas. He's my, you know, Steven Spielberg. Yep. He's, he's that guy. And, um, and I've been following him even when I was like 14 years old and the game first came out, I had EGM magazine. And I remember like a young Ed Boone and young John Tobias being there and talking about like the process of how they, film these characters and then bring them to life. And I just was like, I guess like 14 year old me would never in a million years think that I'd be talking to Ed, that cool. right? like that was just mind blowing to me. And he was amazing. Um, yeah. Ed was super cool about everything. He's, he's a programmer. He programmed the original mortal Kombat, Um, I think one, two and all the way up to three. And he, um, he was very pragmatic. Like you'd expect. He asked really, really pointed questions that, mm. um, were intelligent. You could understand exactly the reason why he was asking. Um, and he basically was like, you know, you answered all the questions really well. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm totally, I totally support you. And then he said stuff like the kind of stuff that you never forget. Like, um, if you're going to, if we're going to do this, it has to be Joe and his team because they understand mortal Kombat. They get it. I almost wouldn't trust anybody else. And like stuff like that is just like, it sticks with you forever. Right. Cause it's like, it's That's like one of your massive compliment. Oh, it's massive coming yeah. from Ed, you know, and I have just have so much respect for him. Um, and uh, yeah, so he, he, another thing he said, which I thought was very interesting was that he said, um, if we do this, we have to make sure that Joe doesn't lose his shirt in the process. And I was like, what? That's ominous. What does that mean? <laughs> um, and he, he knew that I was going to get chewed up and spit out. He knew it. He knew it. He knew back then, um, that it was going to be tons of, of um, like it ended up being two years of pitching to every division of every, like Warner Brothers financial division uh. and then their, uh, their marketing division. And then, I mean, I, it, it felt like every few weeks there was a new pitch scheduled with a new executive that I needed to start all over and explain to uh. them why this was good for their, their division. Um, and I, ha- I was assigned a producer and now I'm kind of going in because this was a two year period. Mm-hmm. The first time in 2016, they basically said, sorry, Joe, it's going to be too expensive. We don't believe a hundred thousand people will buy this um, game. And I said, I have to say that whoever does your marketing, yeah. uh, you know, statistics needs to be fired. I've worked in this industry for a really long time in this department statistics. And I can tell you a hundred percent that that is way off. And they were like, you know, and I remember Sean saying to me, Joe, he's like, look, we have an entire department dedicated to this. These guys know they have the data. And so it's like, you can't argue with that. Like, he's like, mm. he's like, I want you to know, this isn't like something we casually flippantly sort of came across. Like we have the data from how the past games have done. And we apply that data model to how mm. the new games would potentially do. And I was like, Sean, I'm just agree to disagree, man. Like, it's just not going to, there's no way this game is a million seller minimal. It's yeah. going to sell probably sell way more than that because it's not the old games rehashed. It's the it's new. It's it has that fresh coat of paint that everybody's been looking for, yeah. and we have the opportunity to fix things that the old game had broken. You know, I, I remember talking to Ed, and he said there's about ten bugs that we would want to fix um, in the game, and I can't remember all of them because a lot of times people ask me which ones those are, but <laughs> there are things that he wanted to fix that um, you know 
that very few people know about. Um, and that, that he, it is just always bugged him. Like, if we're going to do this, we got to fix these proper. things. Yeah. yeah. Let's get this right. Mm. And, um, and so another thing he told me is, so at the time when we were doing this, we were reverse engineering Mortal Kombat by taking video of every single move to see what the jump height of Scorpion is, what the jump height of wow. uh, Liu Kang is. And then, um, same thing with like fireballs and projectiles, how far do they travel? How fast do they travel? And what we were doing is putting our HD sprites on top of that to match up the gameplay. And that's wow. what really impressed Ed the most. Cause we did all that without having, like we did it the hard way. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, he tells yeah, yeah. me, of course, which I thought was really funny. He's like, of course, you know, if we do this, we're just going to give you the source code. And I was like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. You know, I was like, that is amazing. Yes. That's what we need. Um, and so, um, yeah, he, he was just so great to, to work with. And we went through this entire process and it got to the point where the second, the first time around they said no. And then Sean said to me, look, it's not the end of the line for this. We're going to be promoting our next Mortal Kombat game, which would have ended up being Mortal Kombat 11. And we let's talk about how like this next summer and see where we're at. Maybe the market's changed. Maybe things have shifted. Maybe, um, you know, we can use this as a promotional tool or a pre-order of some kind to help um, benefit the release of MK11. And I said, that was all I needed. I was like, thank you, Sean. Let's yeah. talk again next summer. And, and that's how I got to work. I, I found my programmer, my lead programmer. Um, I found my secondary programmer. Um, and those guys have been with me since, since that point. Um, and that was, uh, you know, that would have been like 2017. And then we, um, we went up, we made another pitch this time we rebuilt the entire game using the same kind of technique where we would film uh, the game from MAME and then put our HD sprites on top of that and then have it uh, match up as, as closely as possible as we could. And uh, we ended up building the game in unity that time, that second time. And uh, it went great because that was one of the things that uh, Sean had said to me like midway through summer in the 2016, in 2016, he said, I, what I really need to, to sell this is two fighters on screen and the game feels right. And so I said, yeah. you know, at the start of summer this time, I said, Hey, I'm back, Sean. And this time I've got a playable version of the game oh, that, right. you know, is really like, it, you know, the other version was playable and Mugen, but that's not really the same as a, an engine that is, could actually be used to, to make the game like unity. Um, and so, uh, Sean was like, this is awesome, Joe. Like, thanks for doing all this. Um, I'm going to get together Ed and he's going to want to play test it. And so there were that day came and I redid the pitch again. And um, this time it was called Mortal Kombat Returns. And uh, you can actually find it on the internet. I can't tell you where it is, but you can find it floating around somewhere if you want to play it. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, um, it was amazing because Ed is actually playing the game and he's like, yeah, this feels really good. I re- like, I love the way this feels. One of the funny things too, is um, at the time I didn't know, I mean, and maybe this makes me a poor Mortal Kombat fan, but I did not know that Ed did the actual announcer's voice in MK1. I, I always did. I always thought it was Tobias for some reason. And yeah. uh, we, we found a voice actor um, to like sort of mimic that voice. And some people think it's spot on. Other people think it sounds off, but um, we recorded that and that was part of the, part of the, the game that they played. Oh, and he was like, who do you have, um, doing the voice? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm like, that's, you know, a voice actor that was a friend of a friend. And I, th- to be honest, I could not remember the guy's name. Like I was like kind of, uh, nervous, I guess you might say. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so I didn't do that guy, that poor guy justice, but I was like, why do you think it sounds good? And he was like, it's pretty good. Yeah. He's like, you know, I did the original voice, so I'd probably just do it again. And I was like, (laughs) it's just like, you know, I'm dreaming about like Ed being in the vocal booth again, like doing this whole thing and us working together, like singing Kumbaya on the fire. And I just, you know, to me, this is like, this is amazing. Like this is my dream come true. And, um, and he was like, yeah, this looks really great. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of skipped through this, but in 2016, one of the things that they allowed me to do was um, to find, because we didn't have a real programmer, we were using Mugen, as they said, we need you to get, Ed said, you need to get development support. Um, And so he said, I want you to go out and find some game studios and get pricing for how much it would cost for them to program it. You guys can do the art, but you're going to need help to do the programming. And so I did that. And, um, you know, I got this experience of sort of like, you know, being this, this, 
almost like a representative of Warner Brothers. So I remember wow. telling a bunch of these uh, studios that I, and many of these studio heads I'm still friends with today, which was just an amazing experience to be on the other side of it. Like to see how a pitch goes, like how do you pitch me now if I'm Warner Brothers? Like what, what do I, what, how does a pitch come together? Like you go by man months and, and, and how many man months does it take to build, you know, each of the sections and you have to break it up into milestones. And so after seeing 10 of these, um, I really, it was such a learning experience that you just can't learn. Like you could go to school mm-hmm. and never learn any of this stuff, but like being in it, yeah, it was the most valuable industry experience I could ever possibly have. Um, and of course, you know, it was fun being that guy that was basically like, you know, like, you know, I was like, I felt like I was like, you know, yeah. I, I had massive balls, you know, big cock. And just, you know, here I am, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, so I'm, I'm representing Warner Brothers and we want to make a fighting game, but we can't tell you what it is. Um, and everybody kind of knew, right? Because yeah. that's all yeah. I had to say. And they were like, and they were just like, what else can we do for you? Well, we oh, could do this, wow. this and this. And they're kind of like fighting over this. And so we ended up going with a, a particular studio that I can't really mention. Um, but they basically were like, they had the best price and they had the best tech. And I was like, this is the studio I want to go with. Mm-hmm. They were, they seemed really cool to work with. And that was when they did like the PL, they did their profit and loss. And that's when they said like a hundred thousand people won't buy this. And I completely disagreed. So that's when that, that in 2017, the year following, I was like, I'm going to bring my own development team and we're going to get the cost way down because now we're going to keep it all in house. And we mm-hmm. did, we, 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 the cost was North of 3.4 million. It would have been, or 3.2 million or something like okay. that. And I was able to promote it for under a million at this point. So like almost no risk to these guys. Um, and um, we, I, you know, I ended up having conversations with them and we started out. Um, I, like I said, I had a producer assigned to me and I remember we got after pitch after pitch of all the different sections of Warner brothers after Ed said, I, all right, I want you to, I'm going to support you. Right. We're going to bring you, we're going to uh, send, send this project off to Warner brothers so that they, they could decide. Um, they assigned me a producer and he was great. He was just like, look, you know, here's what you have to know. Like this person that you're going to about, you're about to pitch, like they're the head of marketing. So they don't give a shit about like gameplay or any of that shit. They want to know how much they can sell. Um, you know, and like, you're about to talk to the finance officer, mm-hmm. like the chief, one of the head finance people at Warner brothers interactive entertainment. You need to make sure that you have every question that he has about cost of acquisition to a new customer. Like all of these things have to be figured out. What I, what I anticipate the marketing cost to be, because what he's doing is he's testing you to see if you know what you're talking about. If, right, if, yeah, yeah. if at any point in time, he gets the feeling that you don't know what you're talking about deals over. He's like, I'm just trying to help you out. Cause this is what you're going to be facing. I'm like, Holy shit. But we did it. Every single one that we went through. I remember at the end of the year, he basically was like, Joe, we get a thousand pitches at Warner Brothers every year. Yours is in the top five. Whoa. So that, like, right. you have to understand, like, if that's all you ever go get to, that is insane. Like, that's no, bad. especially like the background of your studio. Like, we have pro studios that have been games for making games for years, and you're being considered amongst the, amongst that group. And so January, uh, it was like mid-January after not having heard anything like all through December, they basically said, so January 2018 now, um, I get a call and uh, the Warner Brothers executive says, congratulations, your project's getting the green light. Oh, and uh, wow. I'm not ashamed to say that when I got off the phone, I like put my hands in the air, slid down the wall and there were actual tears. Uh, I'm, I, I am an emotional guy, but I, it takes a lot to make me yeah. cry. Tears wow. of joy. And I was, I was elated. I I mean, that's, I don't know what other word I could, this was my (laughs) dream come true. And they were like, we're going to connect you with um, another game studio. That's going to help like guide the process because you're going to need help getting it on like Xbox and PlayStation. And you you know, you you guys are going to need help with that. Yeah. And so uh, I remember telling the guys and they were like, Oh my God, we did it. Cause everybody was working for free. Nobody, everybody was doing like for ye- for years at this wow. point, it was just doing it for free, um, just for, all for the chance to be able to pull this off. And um, it was, a, it was it had to be maybe a, if, if it were a week <laughs> later, I get a phone call, same executive. Sorry, Joe, we've decided to go in a different direction and we're going to keep the project going, but it's not going to be with your team. Um, it's just too, it's too uh, important of a project to us as, as a company 
to uh, give it to a development group with such little experience. Um, so they pretty pretty much said it right there what the reason was. Um, I sense that one there week was, after. I mean, yes, yeah, one week later, oh. and that's how you know a, a, a friend of mine who works in Hollywood, um, you know, on the actually in LA, you know, he's a writer. And he was saying, you, you got Hollywooded, man. Like, like something happened. He's like, I'm telling you right now, something happened where like a friend needed help. And they were like, oh, fuck these guys. We don't, you know, like, let's help our friend. And, and, and that's sure enough, that is, I think that's what actually happened. Um, because um, this is no, like, I am, I want to say this because I don't know anything. I don't know them. Blind Squirrel was the team that they ended up giving it to, and I do not oh. have any animosity for them whatsoever. Good for them. But I do know that they were going through layoffs, and I do know that um, some of the executives were really close with the head of mm. Blind Squirrel Studio. So um, I, it would not be a an unreasonable – it would not be unreasonable to suggest that maybe a phone call happened and maybe they kind of said, yeah, we're going to go with you guys instead. Um, you know, because we need to keep your studio afloat. Now, of course, Blind Squirrel has survived and they are thriving as far as I know. They're doing really good. Um, but then when the project came to them, uh, unfortunately, it got and I don't know what the reason is there, but it's very possible. And this is another thing where I speculate where yep. Ed said to me, if it's going to be done, it's got to be Joe and his team. Yeah. I have this distinct feeling. And again, maybe this is all in my head and it's, you know, a fair, fairy tale that I tell myself that Ed literally said, oh, you cut Joe and his team. Well, I'm not using your team. So the can't, the project's canceled. I, yeah. I, I don't know that that happened. I can't say no, that you happened. No, you for a fact, yeah. But, but I, I think that's what, what potentially happened. And that's really um, where I blessed the game studio because I, I went back to my guys. I'm like, all right, guys, what do you want to do? We have this great fighting engine that Ed Boone himself like basically sanctioned and said this is like, this is great. Yeah, it would be a shame for us all to break up. Um, but you know, I can understand if if you want to. And it was really only one member of the team that uh, said, "Guys, I can't do this anymore. I got to move on." Um, ultimately, it ended up being two members of the team. Uh, but we we you know moved on onward and upward. And it was only about six and a half, seven months later that I, after being told no, 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 where we created our own IP called Lawless, uh, which okay. one day I'm going to get a chance to give to the world. It's, um, it's awesome. Um, and, and, um, basically, uh, this one, uh, studio exec, I'm going to name him by name. Cause he's awesome. Uh, Matt Karsh, uh, is the studio. He's the head of, uh, Saber Interactive. He was the one who, when we had nothing, he basically was like, Joe, I don't even know why I'm doing this. And it's huh. so crazy, but he's like, your passion for when you gave me this presentation like mm. I just want to give you money because like I want to I want to support you in any way that I can. <laughs> and he his way of doing that was to sign a over a million dollar contract with us and wow. really support us and I was I again I couldn't I you know if Matt happens to come across this Matt thank you so much you you know it didn't work out ultimately um you know the project ended up getting canceled about 6 months in Embracer Group purchased uh, uh, Saber Interactive for over half a billion dollars, um, and then they get to decide what what projects uh, Saber is going to do or not do because they just paid a lot of money for them. And our 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 game did not make the cut. Oh. Um, and so I, here I had now I had two demos to work with, unfinished Sorry. games. Uh, <laughs> Lawless being much more complete with four different characters online play fully working and we developed this new system called uh net blast which i'd love to tell you about later but um we invented this new ai machine learning ai algorithm that we call sado um which uh acts like a human opponent and actually learns from you um so amazing stuff came out of that and uh and eventually i ended up um pitching a uh another uh fairly large well-known publisher in uh, the UK, I cannot say the name of the title uh, of that of that game, but I've been working on that uh, with the team for about eighteen months now. Um, wow. We're still uh, working on it. We still have a few things that we need to to tie up with it, um, but it's a I can say that it's a a fun fighting game, uh, more along the lines of like uh, um, Smash Brothers kind of stuff. Not quite oh, a platformer. It's gonna it'll it'll definitely uh, intrigue people that are fans of like the Mortal Kombat stuff and the fans of platform fighters. Um, it's going to be really fun when it releases. 
And then on top of that, um, we are, there are other projects that I can't talk about, but they are super exciting. We have a potential, um, a uh, partnership with Netflix potentially Whoa. happening. And also, um, uh, well, I'll just say that it's a, it's a fighting game that everyone, when they hear about it, is going to lose their mind. Like, even if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, you're going to lose your, absolutely really? lose your uh, when you hear about it and that just kicked off this week. So super excited about that. And so, yeah, this, this is the, the way this studio has come to be. And I know it's a really long winded way. It's like a 30 minute answer to your question, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's how, that's how I ballistic came to be. You're it's like a roller coaster. Joe, uh, I mean, you could write this into a book, really. The... Oh, I, I've been saying it all the time. Like one day I'm going to write, I'm going to write a book about this. This is some, um, Crazy but, stuff. But correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. There, there's still a petition to get Mortal Kombat remade. Is that true? Am I, am yeah, I... yeah. So um, the, the recently, um, I had been playing with Unreal Engine 5. And right. since I'm a Mortal Kombat fan and, you know, a 3D artist, I was like, you know what? I want to see what this this new engine can do. Um, and you can do photorealism. It's, it's unbelievable what Unreal Engine 5 is capable of. And... Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to see what it would be like if I were to make, I think it was the um, the Combat Tomb from Mortal Kombat 2 is the first one that I did. Because um, I, I, I've never seen that stage remade um, in any of the, the modern games. And I was I would love to see that game, you know, that, that uh, stage come to light. So I decided to uh, uh, start working on that as my first project. And then just on Twitter, I had like no followers on Twitter. Um, uh, so please follow me at Calactite if you have... A, at C-A-L-A-C-T-Y-T-E. Um, uh, uh, I, I had just been, it's like, it's almost like I was born yesterday. Like I discovered Twitter like this year <laughs> and I, I decided, you know what, I'm going to maybe, maybe I'll get some Twitter followers if I post this stuff up on there and, uh, and get that dopamine rush when people are like, yeah, it's cool. Or, or maybe some <laughs> people are going to be like, oh, this looks like shit. But um, people loved it. And one particular uh, uh, guy, you know, he, he goes by the name Minzy. Uh, online I was like you have to petition like what game are you making and i was like i'm not making a game man i'm like just we're just we're just i'm just messing yeah. around like that's this is this is just a fun thing for me to do like you know when my kids go to bed like i, I can like get my me time for a little bit and just like create and do what i like to do and then you know and then and then um having that time to yourself is just like yeah it's so important yeah. especially with like all the stuff that we've been through in the past two years as a, as a society. Right. Um, but I, 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 it was like my me time. That was it. It was, there was no, nothing behind it except I wanted to learn unreal engine and see how I could apply it to maybe new games. Cause we were looking yeah. at, we've been uh, a unity uh, studio for, for a while now, since we basically started. Um, and I wanted to get into what can unreal engine do. I feel like it, it might be a little bit more uh, full featured and so that's really all it was. And so I put all that stuff out there and people were loving it. And it got like, you know, a thousand likes or whatever. And, and in a, in a really short period of time and Max dude, um, uh, who's a big deal, Maximilian, um, online, he has like a really uh, big Twitter following and also huge, uh, uh, YouTube following and, um, with over a million, uh, subscribers. And so he, he follows me. We, we connected really early oh, on, nice. like when he was, uh, maybe less popular, but he's always been kind of a big deal. Um, and he, uh, he just said one thing and that made it blow up. He was like, this is the version of Mortal Kombat I want to play. Nice. And, uh, and it was when I did the pit three version. Cause I, I, I had learned how to sculpt the statue of the gargoyle and stuff. And that's, if you remember how that, um, that stage is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe the amount of support after Max sort of like just said that one thing. It was like instantly like everybody started following me. And, um, you know, I'm still like a nobody on Twitter. But in terms of um, the support for this project, I was like, OK, this is the right time. And it was right around October and it would have been 20. Yeah, it was October of last last year. So that was 25 years since uh, um Mortal Kombat trilogy, the original had come out. And I said, this, this is perfect. We'll announce I mean, it, yeah. bring back Mortal Kombat trilogy. And then I started reaching out to a bunch of my friends in the, in the journalism 
industry. I know a bunch of people from various places from, and think of a, of a, uh, a, a publication. And I probably know somebody there. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, um, guys, here's some, this is what we're trying to do. Here's some like promo images. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have some dead time to fill, it would be awesome if you throw this up there. And I couldn't believe it, but like, it was a, it was, like, it spread like wildfire. And then at that point, I mean, literally worldwide from like all the way across to as far as Russia, um, you were getting wow. people talking about iBallistic and wanting to make remake Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and um, so it's been like the, a really wild ride. And uh, I'm super uh, thankful for the support that the Mortal Kombat community has given me worldwide to, to do this. And do you, do you know if Ed or even John has seen this new version or no comment yet from those? People? I have not heard comments from Ed or John. Um, I would, I, I always say this. I, the one, like, it's like on my bucket list. I have not had a chance to meet John. Um, I've met Ed now. I've met everybody else. I feel like I, I even got to talk yeah. to, to Dan uh, Forden. And um, I, I mean, I've been, I've met pretty much all the originals except for yeah. John and, and, and he's an artist. And so like, I feel like he's the guy that I would really connect yeah. with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, but I'm like, and I have a lot of people who are like, I, I, I give you his number. You know, you can call him up. And I'm like, I don't want to be that weirdo. Like I want it to be a natural thing. So I never, like, I, I don't ask people for like, Hey, can I get his contact? I could totally, I could call him up probably on his cell phone. I get it. Yeah. You but I'm not doing it. that. You know what I mean? So like, I just want to, I, ju- I want it to be something that happens naturally if he sees the word. <laughs> yeah, 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 and, yeah. and so that's, that's kind of why I haven't reached out to him, but I do know that NetherRealm Studio has seen it. Um, I became pretty pretty close with uh, Jonathan Anderson over at NRS um, when we were doing the Mortal Kombat remake stuff, and uh, he's a great guy. And um, he liked the project, so he's seen it. You know, right, he, yep, he threw yep. a like on it, um, so he's definitely seen it. And if he's seen it, I know that like Sean has seen it. And then there's a possibility that Ed has, but Ed's really really busy, so you can't yeah, guarantee yeah. that either. Um, you know, I have the contact information. That's what one of the reasons why, like a lot of people say, well, why now? Why are you doing this? And it's just um, at this point, if 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 the reason they said no last time was because we didn't have the experience, it's like now we make Xbox games, now we make PlayStation mm-hmm. Five games, now we have experience with Nintendo Switch. Like now we can do a multi-platform game because we we've done it. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, you proved yourself, haven't you? Yeah. Now we just want to be able to come to them, and I have all the contacts. I have these guys' cell phone numbers, their email addresses, all of that. And so, you know, I feel like even when they said sorry, it was a, it was like all those guys made sure that they linked in with me. Um, it was, you know, yeah, they wanted to connect to about future work. So it was sort of like a wink, wink, like, all right, look. We know this didn't work out, but this is not goodbye forever. Mm-mm. When you get to the point when you're ready, we'll be here. So that's kind of why I think that um, – and I, I can't say for sure if, if Warner yeah. Brothers will do it, but we have a change.org petition um, that we established, that Minzy helped establish, and that has almost 25,000 people have signed right. it. And it's, it's a massive amount. And you have to figure these are the most diehard Mortal Kombat fans. They're going to tell everybody they know. And, you know, if we can get, I, I, I set the goal to be a hundred thousand because I want to be able to match that number so they can yeah. say, look, it's definitely going to be over a hundred thousand. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I, I think that I'm, I'm really waiting mostly because we're super busy right now and I can't give the project the full, um attention that it deserves it's something we're doing in between like i said like i'm doing this like at nighttime my kids go to sleep um i have more people working on it now doing characters doing um you know environment design um that we've added to the studio and um you know they're doing this stuff they're able to to do it um but my direct team does not have the current bandwidth because of how much stuff is going on right now yeah and so um, I, you know, I, I want us to get to a hundred thousand if we can, or, or as close as possible. And then I'll reach out. And even then, like I said, there's no guarantees, but hopefully that's enough of a critical mass for them to say, okay, there's something here and, uh, we'll see yep. where it goes from there. I'll put, I'll put a link to the petition in the show notes, but it's, it's easy to find, isn't it? It's just, 
how do you bring back more combat? Yeah, it's uh, hashtag BBMKT, and so it's Bring Back Mortal Kombat Trilogy. Um, and uh, I think if you look that up on change.org, you should be able to find it. Yeah. Um, but I'll make sure that I get you a direct link to it. So yeah, that- I'll get the link and put it below in the notes. But I look, Joe, I, I find this story really interesting. It's, I, I hope it, I think it will happen. Fingers crossed for you. It sounds like it almost, it's written in the stars. It's, it's such a battle for you to get this far. <laughs> it, you is, wanna, it is. You don't want to throw in the towel now. Do you? No, no way. No um, way. <laughs> look, like you said, um, you, 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 well, it sounds like it has to happen. <laughs> I really hope it does. Um, Same. Look, let's, let's whiz through a couple, like really quick few questions now, just yeah. about why, why you love Mortal Kombat. We'll keep it short and sharp because, you yeah. know, the, the brilliant brilliant story but maybe can you explain to our listeners and viewers why you love Mortal Kombat so much when when was the first time you saw it in the arcades that say what why are you taking aback uh, so much yeah yeah so I uh first time I saw it was when I was 14 years old I w- used to go to um the 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 there was a mall where that had um a food shopping place where you could go food shopping um but also it had an arcade and it was it was a, an entire mall so um, th- this, it, ironically, the actual arcade at that mall n- didn't get Mortal Kombat until almost two months after it had released. Right. But the pizzeria there, there's this pizzeria called Agent's Pizza. It's like, it's still to this day, like the best pizza ever. Um, and, and they, uh, had Mortal Kombat in their pizzeria. It was the only <laughs> arcade machine they had there. And I remember seeing it. I mean, it was, first of all, I was like, what is this? And I had read about it in EGM magazine maybe a month prior, but I didn't expect to see it like at all for a while. And there it was. And to me at that time, um, you know, I, I'm a black belt in, uh, in uh, Ishinru karate. So uh, I'm very into martial arts. Um, so I, I'm into martial arts movies, of course. Uh, I used to stay up and watch. Um, and I, I, I still to this day, I don't know. I think it was called USA Up All Night. It was like this channel that if you were up after like midnight, which I often was, then you would, especially at 14, like I'm sure my parents love that, but um, I would, I'd be up. I couldn't, I was always a night owl and I, I couldn't sleep. Um, and so I'd go and I'd go downstairs I'd watch TV and I'd end up watching these like really crazy martial arts movies. So I knew where they were coming from immediately. Um, you know, badly dubbed martial arts movies <laughs> at that, but really <laughs> fun to watch. And um, that game, when I saw it, to me at 14 was like real people. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like that was at 14, having never seen graphics like that before in in my life, it felt like this was, how did they do this? These are real people. And I was not drawn to the blood or the violence or anything like that. I was just like, the mystique was really what drew me in. Like, you know, like I I didn't even see a fatality for the first Mm. I feel like it was months before I saw a fatality because no one knew how to do any. Um, and I think one time, I don't know if the, if the AI at times, depending on the difficulty setting it's set on, will produce, will do fatalities. But I believe the first one I ever saw was Raiden where he, you know, reaches up and he does the electrical bolts to your head oh, and yeah. explodes. And I remember it was, I mean, you have to realize you're talking about 10 or 12 people. You can't even <laughs> see the screen around this game. And um, when that happened, everybody was like, oh, like, you know, it was just, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the, the excitement was palpable, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's what drew me into Mortal Kombat. I was a fan ever since. And I was, I became, uh, I, you could say I became obsessed at that point. Nice. Nice. Do, do you have a favorite character out of all the Mortal Kombat characters? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I always played Scorpion and um, yeah. my biggest claim to fame is Scorpion, uh, from MK2, I had 144 wins in a row. So um, that was, uh, you know, I won some kind of local tournament or whatever. And I thought nice. I was king shit for that. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, my favorite actual character though, because I got bored of playing with Scorpion. I know like when, when UMK3 came out, I didn't have the same feeling about playing Scorpion mm-hmm. as I did in the other games. And so I decided um, with Mortal Kombat 2, Baraka was my favorite. Yeah, and I'm so a big fan. He's, he's been great. my my favorite, uh, probably my favorite character ever since. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? I love, I love his. That's just so cool. I yeah, yeah. Love his claws. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. 
Um, how do you? I'll be honest with you, Joe. I stopped playing Mortal Kombat probably after the, the trilogy. To be honest, you know, yeah. I thought it kind personally. I thought Mortal Kombat Four kind of lost its way, and I kind of sort of I dipped in and out a little bit. But I haven't really played. I haven't even replayed really Mortal Kombat Eleven. I'll, I'll be blunt with you. But what's yeah. your personal opinion about the latter Mortal Kombat games? Are you a fan, or how do you reflect? Yeah, I mean, so um, Mortal Kombat has become. You know, somebody said this to me one time, and uh, and it, it, it stuck with me. I can't remember who said it, but. They, somebody was like, Mortal Kombat is like a kid playing with their action figures and just like, like, that's what it is, basically. Like, you're, you yeah. know, those, if you're, if, especially if you're a child of the, of the 80s, like when action figures were like a big deal, now, now kids don't really play with action figures so much yeah. anymore. But like, that was, that's what Mortal Kombat is. It's like, you got the cowboy playing against like the demon, <laughs> the, like, and it's so crazy. And that's why we love it. And so, I will always be a fan of sort of the franchise of like what it is. Um, but t- to your point about um, from a gameplay perspective, I think it's become much more complicated and Mortal Kombat nine was on the right path, but then 10 and 11, I feel like they veered off into the sort of competitive space that is um, it is, it, it puts only an elite n- type of player is going to really stick with it long enough to become consistently good um, at at a game like Mortal Kombat 11 um, or even even 10. Um, So yeah, I think that I 100% agree with you. I played four in the arcade because I used to work in an arcade. So um, I got to play that game a lot and get good at it to where I felt competent with it. But I did not love it nearly as much. They felt like they just kept adding more and more things to it. And it felt a little gimmicky. Um, I love the speed yeah. of MK4, but outside of that, like the, the way the characters are rendered, all of that felt like a massive step back for me, especially after like the real, the, you know, having feeling like these characters were real and then going back to this sort of mm. poorly rendered representations of the the characters, which was the best they could do back then. Um, I, I think that they made the right decision ultimately that they had to start going in that direction um, and maybe it had to go through what I would call the dark ages of Mortal Kombat um, yep. be- before it reached like what I would say the more of the upswing, which is MK9 was like a really, really brought back, I, more, back I Mortal Kombat. That one. Yeah, you should definitely play, yeah. check it out because it, it is a great mix between uh, like MK2 and MK3, uh, UMK3 and 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 sort of uh, the newer stuff. So, yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um Whenever I talk about Mortal Kombat, I always, in the back of my mind, I think of Street Fighter because it's a massive rivalry. Are, are you a fan of Street Fighter as well? Or do you hate that game? Or what's your No, I'm a, I am a massive fan of Street Fighter. Uh, that was that was sort of my first love in fighting games yep. in the arcade. Um, and so uh, M. Bison was my my guy oh, when yeah, Champion yeah. Edition came out. Um, and uh, yeah, I I was crazy. I was a I was a uh, um, a Sega fan. And so uh, when, you know, Sega got the version of Mortal Kombat that had blood, I was oh, gloating yeah. to everybody that I would hear me. But um, on when they eventually got Champion Edition, I think it was Street Fighter, the home edition, I was just, I was like so the good. first one, but I had to get a day one, day release. Um, love that game. Love Street Fighter. I Street Fighter lost me, if we're being honest, um, when Third Strike came out, <clears throat> for, uh, um, Street Fighter 3. I just felt like it was too much of a, a change in the system. I know some people love it. It's got great animation. But yeah, I, I Street Fighter lost me for a while there. I got back into Street Fighter 4, um, and I, I really haven't gotten into Street Fighter 5. I, for whatever yeah. reason, I just it didn't appeal to me. And Street Fighter 6 is uh, just I saw that. Yeah. that. yeah, that looks interesting. It does yeah. look interesting. Um, let's talk quickly about the Mortal Kombat movies, just really briefly, because I, yeah. I've, I've watched most, I haven't seen the most, I'll be honest, I haven't seen the most recent one, but I've seen the first couple. Yeah. Um, they're not bad. <laughs> but what, what, what do you think personally of the, of the movies? Do you reckon they do the games justice, for example? Um, yeah, so, I, I Todd Garner, I think, is the director. Um, I want to, first of all, say that he is the right guy to direct the movie. His, the, late, the latest um, film, is that right? Or? Yeah, the latest film. Um, and I think they just uh, announced that he's doing MK2, uh, the, the, the sequel to the, the most recent movie. Um, and so uh, I love the way he interacts with the fans. No 
fan is too yeah. small for him. Like if you respond to him and give him some kind of uh, either if positive or negative, I've seen him respond to the fans and it blows me away. Like this guy doesn't need to talk to anybody. Most directors wouldn't, um, yeah, yeah. but he really listens to the fans. Uh, and I love that about him. And that makes me feel pretty confident about what he's going to do with the sequel. I think he's heard uh, a lot of the negative uh, thoughts people have had about Cole Young, um, which, you know, Cole Young as a character, it's like, why didn't you just make it Johnny Cage? Like, that's the everyman that we're looking for. That's his role. Um, it was weird uh, that they did that. And there's some, if you listen to some of the uh, interviews that he does, you have to wonder to what degree uh, Warner Brothers has sort of put their uh, two cents into what should and shouldn't be in there. Um, maybe they felt, you know, through marketing research, whatever, that there needed to be a Cole Young in this situation. <laughs> um, I loved Kano. I loved uh, Kano. I thought he was amazing. I, I don't know the actor that plays him, but that was fun to watch. Um, I was a little let down by the fact that it's like a pre-tournament to the tournament. I felt that this, the, uh, I thought they did a really nice job with Sub-Zero and, and right, yeah, yeah. all of the, the, especially the dynamic between Sub-Zero and Scorpion was awesome. I love that. I love the fighting. I thought the choreography was really great. Some people don't like it. I thought it was great. Um, and I would say that uh, it was a letdown uh, that Goro, like the way Goro gets into a fight with Cole. And then it, that entire scene I wish didn't happen because I would have preferred yeah. Goro to have a better ending than what happened. So no spoilers there, but I just would have <laughs> preferred it to be better than that. That, that kind of took it down a few notches. So for me, I'm going to give it like a 50 out of a hundred. Um, there's, there's enough meat there that I feel like th the next one, they could do it right. If they listen to what the fans have to say. Um, yep. I like that they try to get in a bunch of different characters, but that's really hard to do. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm hopeful for the future because I think that this is a director that does care about what the fans want. And, um, we know that Johnny Cage is going to be in this, in the next one. And so, um, I think there's an opportunity. I think, believe there's a new writer on it. Uh, correct me. I might be wrong on that. Um, so there's a, a lot of opportunity for it to improve. And you prefer yeah. it to the, the nineties films I take it or did you have, I prefer it to, uh, any sequel to the nineties films. Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember how many there were, yeah, but, um, yeah. but, but yes, the first mortal, the first mortal combat film is still the best one in my opinion. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I quite like the first one. It's uh, yeah. a bit cheesy here and there, but there is some interesting it's bits. Part of the I, fun. I, like I haven't, seen, I haven't seen the latest Small Combat movie, but it's on my to, to do list. I definitely want to watch it. Okay, so. definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. check it out. Yeah. Um, favorite fatality across any Mortal Combat? Have you got a particular favorite one you just love? Just blew your mind, and or just literally just thought this is the best one ever? Or yeah, so there's two now because I, I think I've been asked this question before, and and my, my I guess the the one that. I like the most is just because I've seen it a lot is Baraka from MK2 where he stabs them up and then they kind of slide down. I love that. I think that's really cool. Um, but another one that kind of blew me away was um, Kung Lao when he takes his hat off and splits you in half. Um, I thought in MK2 again, that was uh, totally unexpected and cool. And then like, uh, I guess uh, another one that I would put out there was, Shang Tsung, where he morphs into Kintaro and like breaks your top half off or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely, a, um, definitely a uh, yeah. That's probably the, it's those three between those three. Yeah, I've, I've got a, it's a tough question actually. But do you have a particular favorite Mortal Kombat game ever? Is it two? Is it three? Is it the original? Yeah, it, or? it's going to make some people mad uh, or or surprise people. But Mortal Kombat two is my hands down favorite because of the fact that um, I remember playing one and being blown away by that. And it felt like seven months later, if that maybe it was just when I discovered it, the sequel came out and it was everything better. Like everything that the oh, original yeah. game had plus more characters, more environments, every, like everything. And just blew me away. Like I didn't, the music in that game was just, I had the I remember ordering the soundtrack from the arcade. It was like $3 or something plus shipping and handling. <laughs> and it took like six months to come to my house. But like, I listened to that thing like every day for like months, you know, like it was amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I just, the, it expanded the mystique, all the stuff that I loved about 
the mystique, like, oh my gosh, like Scorpion's pulling his mask off and there's a skull behind it. Like, what is this all about? All that stuff, like it really, there was a lot of payoff for that game. And so, yeah, that hooked me. That was my favorite. Uh, I'd have to agree if I had to choose. So I think it's an absolutely incredible game. Um, we, I was going to ask you, if what pro, you kind of answered really what projects you're working on. You can't really say too much, but I appreciate you, you know, giving a little bit of details there. Um, can you remind our, our listeners, Joe, one last time about how they can get, you know, keep it up to date with your, what you're up to? Is it like a website or how, how, what's your handle on Twitter again and stuff like that? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, everything I do is through Twitter because, like I said, I just discovered it yesterday, basically. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm trying to build a, a following up there. So um, at Calactite, at C A L A C T Y T E. Um, you know, follow me there for updates on on this and anything else that iBallistic Studio is doing. Um, and then, of course, you can always check out our website, but that, you know, uh, www.iBallistic.com. Um, you're not going to see too much uh, updated stuff because, you know, because of NDAs and stuff like that, we can't really uh, talk about a project until it's basically released. Um, so I can assure you that the three games that you'll see represented on there are uh, uh, just a, a small slice of what we're actually working on right now. Good stuff. Um, look, I've had a really good chat, Joe. I think it's been a great, great fun. And um, look, you, you you can tell the, how much passion you got for this project I, I, about Mortal Kombat. I, I really, because I would buy it. I, I think I agree with you. What you said Thank earlier, you. but there's more than I think a millions. Even that. It can oh be, yeah. Come on, look, look at Resident Evil Two remake. Look at that. Oh, absolutely. That I mean, that's a great remaster, isn't it? Um, re- yeah. whatever, whatever you want to call it. And there's a there's a massive massive following for mortal Kombat, and i i think i think it's a lot of people like me that just want to play the, the originals but yeah the, the best version possible so if all the brother are listening you know you've got <laughs> at least one more customer here i love <laughs> so, it thank no, you I, I really appreciate your time and i've got one final question sure um just a bit of a silly question but if you could share a few drinks of any mortal Kombat character uh who would you choose and why <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, oh man, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I, I would say, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this is off the top of my head because it's not something I really think about. But uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say Sub Zero because I feel like that guy has, you know, on his off time, he's probably like keeping him, keeping him cold for you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know. So yeah. I mean, he's like here, man. Like, you, you know, I, I feel like he'd be fun to talk to, and I, you know. Where'd you get your ice powers from? How'd this whole thing go down? Maybe you could teach me a thing or two. Um, you know, so I think he'd be a great guy to 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 to, to shoot the shit with. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we like Baraka, but I don't think he'd be the best conversation. No, I don't know. If, I don't. I don't even know if he can speak English. I mean, I guess he does in some of the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Joe, what what a legend! And I will put a few sort of like links and so forth in the show notes for for. I'll try and put your Twitter handle as well in the petition. So, guys, please, if you're listening, uh, yeah. If you know, get get involved, get this project off the ground if you can. So again, thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh this has been awesome. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcade attack UK. Check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots more retro gaming goodness and to delve into our archives. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support Arcade Attack, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash arcadeattack, which will give you access to exclusive podcasts, interviews and other bonus content. So, until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.